Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Airs International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. Made you for such a time as today. He made your kids for such a time as today. He made this family and the things that are being released over us for such a time as today because we need the things that are being released to send us into tomorrow. So I just want to honor our our mother and father for all that they walk out and for all that they're willing to teach us because this is a family of transitionaries. This family doesn't just go with the flow and hope that someday things will change and someday we'll be whisked away and everything will be all right. We're willing to stand right now and say, I am not going to move until I see change, until I see things transition from one place to the next. We shut down the church era and now we're walking in the next thing. And what is coming, I don't know. But it is the time right now where we kind of maybe look a little weird Because we're operating as a family, and who does that? But that's his kingdom, right? Operating in, I mean, can we just go there? The Trinity, is that not family? Is that not a prime example of what family is? And so as we walk out being transitionaries, being led by a mother and father, I just want to honor them because they are the ones who have stood up and said, we will walk as a Joshua, Joshua and Caleb generation, that where we're seeing this promised land, it's just too much. The giants inside, I'm going to compare the giants to, well, his promise, he said this, he said, you know, he said we should go in, but the giants are just too big. We have a mother and father who said, we're not even going to pay attention to the giants. His promise is this, and that's what we're chasing after. And so in this home, we honor them for uh, just, I, my heart is just at that place of like overwhelming gratitude, literally, if it were not just this week that they got me through, which is always so much more, but just that gratitude that flows in this home for everything that they're willing to walk through, because it's times like this that we're living in, we're all living in, everyone's experiencing it every day. If we didn't have the ones in our home who were willing to lead with such diligence and say, these are his blessings, these are his promises over our life, this is what we're chasing after, come follow me, but let me not just, this is where I'm not good, they're like, I'm going to teach you how to do it, let me show you, I'm going to walk beside you, I'm experiencing it, and then I'm going to turn and tell you, discipling us, right, not just, go do it, all right, we'll see you next week but I'm going to be beside you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to teach you. When you fall down, I'm going to pick you up and remind you of how we do this. And so I'm so thankful for them. Are you guys thankful for them? And I know that even on live, we've got people that are tuning in that are, we've I've just been feeling like those new fresh ears. There are people that are hungry. There are people that need to know they're not alone. And I think tonight, I just want to remind you, you're not alone. Like where you're sitting at right now, you may be sitting there in a seat by yourself, but you're not alone. You're surrounded by family who's facing very similar things, if not the exact same situation, and you're not alone in it. We're doing this together, and tonight we're going to learn more about how to do that. Dad, thank you for all that you do for our family. I...
honestly, I don't know where we would be if we didn't have the father of our home who was bold enough to walk the things out. Like he doesn't just talk about it and send us into it. He literally walks it out ahead of us. And I'm just really grateful for you. And we appreciate you. Um, before we get in tonight, I want to have Derek and Sally come up here. If you guys didn't hear me on live, what I said was, is most of the time what we encounter in the world is cowardly. Men and leaders will say one thing behind the pulpit and expect their people to go out and do it, but they don't have a backbone themselves. So when Missy's talking about walking it out, I'm prefacing everything he's about to say with Derek and Sally about this concept of manhood that doesn't just preach one thing, but do something different. But that what you say and the integrity that we walk in is that it's a daily thing, not just what we say on a typical Sunday. And Derek, I want you to hold that. That's for you. Um, just to kind of preface what this is, when I was in the police academy, um, they told our class, you have to come up with what's called a man down. It had to weigh a certain weight, it had to be 30 pounds. There were some other criteria and they said, it can never touch the ground. It always has to be carried by somebody throughout the entirety of your academy class. And they called it a man down and they did that to instill in us that you'd never leave anybody behind. And if anybody ever left it somewhere or they found it somewhere, they made us pay for it. And it instilled in us such a brotherhood and a care for our fellow officers going forward and things like that. And so Derek's been talking about how he's been stirred to ministry. And it isn't something that he's going to do. He's been doing it. He's been living a lifestyle of ministry to men. And so we wanted to sow into what Yahweh is doing in your life by getting you a man down to utilize through your ministry. And what Yahweh told me was that because you don't leave people behind, you refuse to leave people behind, there will be men that will be willing to give their life to you. They will be willing to follow you into things that could lead to their death. That's the type of leadership that you have for other men. And they would do it without question. And I've already seen this. And in this house, we don't, we don't ordain people for ministry. We don't give people a platform, but we acknowledge the giftings inside of people and we help send them as a family. That's what we do in this family. And so this is more of a, a, a ministry acknowledgement of who Derek is. Um, it, this is not something that you know, we're doing for Derek as a family. We're just honoring, honoring and acknowledging what's in him and how he's walked. And so we wanted to present that to you. And you'll hear more about, you know, the things that are stirring in Derek to do as he steps out on that. Um, but we really wanted to sow into that and, and that aspect of what he's going to do going forward and just give you that as a symbol of the honor that we have for you and the way that you live your life. And the way we see men looking up to you and following you and hanging on your words and your uh, your wisdom. And uh, 
So we really just wanted to kick off tonight by presenting that publicly and uh, honoring you guys. Eventually it'll be something that's not prophetic but literal because I'm pretty sure whatever D Derek implements is not going to be like a idea. I guess what I'm getting at is that when this says 30, it's really 35, right? <laughs> this was sitting in the front seat and he pumped on the gas and it fell on my shin. So it's 35 pounds. <laughs> but when it's no man down, there's a cost. This isn't light. This isn't easy. It's heavy. And when you're given a mandate to never lay that down, that at some point, at some point, I'm going like this, right? At some point, I'm gonna get tired, right? So then at some point, if I can't ever let this down and I'm not able to do it, then that's where whew, you got it. But at some point, still no man down. It can never touch the ground. The standard is always up withheld, even, um, withheld, even if I'm not able to withhold it. And so to, to just understand that what's coming forward may be very literal when it comes time to Derek, where he's gonna be handing this to men and saying, you have this for the next week. Don't let it touch the ground. And you're gonna be like, you know, any Friday night, amen. And then you get handed the baton and then all of a sudden you go home and you're like, well, how do I sleep with this? I gotta carry this burden this is, around. This is, right? Laying down at night, I can feel the weight of that. Who, what was he carrying all of last week? And then you're responsible for it. What, what, I got a shower. No? That's the reality of the gospel. It's not an option to be like, well, let me just check out real quick. And if you are, you better call someone, get to their house, say, you carry this, I gotta get in the shower, right? Because there's still an aspect of you lay that down, there's something that happens when that gets laid down. So be prepared as a family to carry something moving forward, amen? Amen. You on first week. <laughs> I don't wanna He's challenge Derek, I don't wanna <laughs> challenge Derek because he'll be boxing me, you know, people, I did my run, ma. <laughs> I had this, you know, over my shoulder. <laughs> hmm. um, we're going to kick off talking about language tonight. But I just, I wanted to, before we get into that, I, I want to just say something about how important the intersection of language and he always had us on this course and we've gotten to this point and the timing couldn't have been planned any better. Mm -hmm. um, what I see in our community is a confrontation. And I don't know how many of you guys have been in a confrontation, but there's thing, this thing called fight or flight. And Tanya, if you come here, most of what I see people doing and most of what happens is when people are being confronted, they go like this. They try to keep it at arm's length and they go like this. Does that make sense? They don't wanna, they don't wanna even acknowledge that it's there. They wanna hold it at arm's length. But if she does that, what does that do? If we're in a fight, what does that do? 
She puts herself in perfect reach to get assaulted over and over and over again. Does that make sense? If you're in a fight, the worst thing you can do mm-hmm. is go like this. Yeah. But that's what I see everybody doing. They want to hold it at arm's length and they don't want to look at it. Mm-hmm. No. Right? That's what they do. And then they just put themselves in Back a position bowl. to get assaulted. <laughs> that's what mm-hmm. I see happening in our community right now. Mm-hmm. When in actuality, what you could do is you could exercise flight and you could run or you could press in and embrace what's assaulting you. Okay, that's actually the that's actually the best course of action is to step into it and embrace and grab a hold of what is confronting you. Is this making sense? Okay, I'm not talking about a literal fight. I'm talking about the things that are confronting whatever Missy talked about. We're all dealing with the same type of things. We're all being confronted in some type of way. And how many of us, be honest, are going like this. I I don't, whatever this thing is, I'm going to hold it off and I'm not going to look at it. Right? How many of us are doing that? Maybe it's not anybody in here. I see a lot of people in the community doing that instead of pressing in and grabbing a hold of what's confronting our community and our children right now. And this is just the beginning. There's going to be a time where the government is going to start confronting the church. And many in the church, I already know, are going to hold it at arm's length and they're just going to say, just don't look at it. And I already know that because the the minority in the church are the ones who are going to step in and meet that confrontation where it's at. Is anybody with me? I kind of feel, I I feel like fight mode, like the last 72 hours. And it's interesting because as I leaned into language, which was only today, because all, all week, all we've been doing is dealing with assault and confrontation, one after another, phone calls, one after another, your kid's not listening, your kid's in the office, this kid's in the office, grandkids are in the office, you can't do this, you can't do that, all week, for 72 hours to a week, that's all we've been dealing with. And as I leaned into language, it was interesting because it it just, it, it affirmed the timing of this pillar that we're getting into. But I kind of want to give an overall backdrop of language because we've been going back to the original. We've been saying that. We've been going back to the beginning. And a lot of people will say, oh, you're too complex over there. You're too confusing and crazy and a little too spiritual advanced. And what I tell people when they say that is, no, no, we're not getting like all lofty and high. We're going back to the beginning and the basic. Mm-hmm. But we've gotten so far away from that, people think we're strange. Mm-hmm. They think we're weird. So we've had this theme of going back to the origin, right? And as we get into language, I want to go back to the origin. And usually there's, a, there's an event in time. There's a corner that's been turned where something was on the right track an event takes place and it turns a corner and the trajectory is totally off. Okay, when we talked about 
uh, certain pillars we were talking about, the Nicene Creed, the Council of Nicaea. That was a turning point that shifted the trajectory of the church to way off course. But we've been down that course for so, so many years that we think going back to the point where we got off track is strange. Okay, and I wanna do, I wanna, I wanna explain and give the backdrop of why our language is important. As we've had these conversations, a lot of people will say, or you may be thinking to yourself, well, why does it matter if I say Jesus and not Yeshua? Why does that matter? He knows my heart, right? He know, why do I, why does it matter if I celebrate this holiday or that one? He knows my heart. Right? We've talked about, we've had these conversations, we've had these thoughts, and you, you may just reduce or minimize language to not that big of a deal. If we're both talking about the same thing and I describe it one way and you describe it another, why does it matter? We're looking at the same thing, we're discussing the same thing, right? We've talked about all these things. And so there's this tendency to not look at language with importance like it actually is. So I, I, what I want to do tonight is kind of bring a level of relevance and importance to the issue of language, especially when we consider ourselves a family. Okay, if I ask a question, how would you describe certain aspects of the Kingdom Heirs family? My hope would be that I could take five people that would write five sentences and it would be virtually the same. That would be my hope because our language is a manifestation of the culture that's been, been cultivated here, right? And if you, if you take that out further to the body of Christ, we should share some type of language, okay? And hopefully I'll bring this around to how this intersects with fighting and confrontations and what we're all dealing with right now. Uh, if you have your word, turn to Genesis 11. Now, just to give some background, up until the point in time, I don't know what year it was, but whenever Genesis 11 is documenting what's happening, whatever time frame that is, up until that time, everybody on the face of the earth spoke the same language. Okay? There was only one language, one global language, and that language most people say was Hebrew. Okay, so then you get to Genesis 11, and I, I just want to read these nine verses so we can get some context here. It's about the Tower of Babel. It says, now the entire earth had the same language with the same speech. When they traveled eastward, they found a valley plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. They said to one another, come, let's make bricks and bake them until they're hard. So they used bricks for stone and tar for mortar. They then said, come, let's build ourselves a city with a tower whose top reaches into heaven. So let's make a name for ourselves or else we'll be scattered all over the face of the whole land. Then Adonai came down to see the city and the tower that sons of man had built. And he said, look, the people are one and all of them have the same language. So this is what they have begun to do. Now, nothing they plan to do will be impossible. It's almost like he's being sarcastic. He's, he's observing what they're doing. And he's saying, in their own minds, nothing they could attempt could be impossible. Okay? 
So he scattered them from, from there over the face of the entire land, and they stopped building the city. This is why it's named Babel, because Adonai confused the languages of the, of the entire world there, and from there Adonai scattered them all over the face of the entire world. Okay, so what's happening? Right? We've read this story. We've, we've skimmed through these verses. And what, what impressed me about reading this story in this time, in this place of understanding that we're at, is that Yahweh was concerned that they were building something. So our language is attached to our ability to build something. Yahweh saw that they were building something with the desire to make a name for themselves. Their desire was not to establish something to honor his name. They said, let us make a name for ourselves. Let us build something that would touch the heavens. And so Yahweh, because of his displeasure with what they were doing, they already had one language and one speech and one understanding all the way across the earth, but they started building something to make their own name. So because he, it's important to him, he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna confuse their language so they cannot complete what they're trying to do. Okay, now, if you guys have been paying attention, you know that we're in a phase of building. We've gotten to a place where Yahweh says, now it's time to build. So what's going to be important to him? Mm -hmm. Our language. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now listen, this is crazy. When you look at this from a Hebrew perspective, when verse 1 says, now the entire earth had the same language with the same speech. Initially, it sounds like he's just reiterating himself. Okay, but when, you, when we look at these words from the Hebrew perspective, language, which is pronounced safa in Hebrew, represents the edge or the, the border of your vessel. If you think about your mouth, if you yourself are a vessel and you think about your mouth, your mouth is the place of overflow from inside you. It's the edge of your vessel. It's the border of, of your being, okay? That's what language means in the Hebrew. Yahweh talks about your language. He sees you as a vessel with a mouth, okay? Now, when he talks about speech, it's the Hebrew word daba, and that represents, when he talks about speech, he's talking about oil inside your vessel. So if you think about this, this is why the Hebrew language is so beautiful. And this, when I say we're going back to the original yeah. of language, there was a way that the, the earth was operating on a global level, all speaking one language, one Hebrew language. And there was a bunch of vessels overflowing with oil proceeding from their mouth. Okay, that's how, that's how it was operating in the Hebrew perspective. So what Yahweh did is he said, I'm going to confound their tongue to stop what they're doing in their building. Now, when he said, I'm gonna confound their tongue, basically what he said was, I'm gonna hinder the overflow of oil from inside you. When he said, I'm gonna confound their speech, 
We all know that languages, multiple languages came about because of this. The reason why we have different languages on the earth is because of the Tower of Babel, which means the Tower of Confusion. So when Yahweh said, I'm going to confound their tongue, he basically said, I'm going to hinder the overflow. What the heck? He said, I'm going to hinder the overflow of oil emanating from these vessels. What that also means is that the, the oil that, that proceeds from your mouth is going to be diluted with water. So you could say that all the languages that are known to man right now are a diluted version of the original oil that God placed within us. It's a, every language is a diluted version, a less effective, less concentrated, less anointed version of the Hebrew language that existed by itself on the earth before the Tower of Babel. And then it says in verses seven and eight that he confused their language and scattered nations. Now, something that's interesting when you think about this this point in time in the Tower of Babel, there's a few observations that I personally made about it. And you can research this and you can read the scriptures and look into the context of the situation. But one of the things that was, uh, was obvious about this time is that these men who sought out to build this temple for their own name, to build a name for themselves, were characterized by scientific advancement. Now, this is where it starts to get interesting because you could kind of say we're in that time right now, right? Billionaires building rockets and flying to Mars and, right? They're trying to touch heaven with their scientific advancement. They're going to make a name for themselves, right? Who's going to get there first, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk? Trying to make a name for themselves. Now... This is the other interesting observation that relates to today that we need to understand. You had a whole group of people that were united in this effort, okay? We always talk about shallow unity, okay? This is a perfect example. In this house, as a, as a father and a mother, we try to disciple or raise disciples in a manner that you can recognize and discern between genuine unity and shallow unity from 10 miles away. And this is a perfect example because you had brothers and sisters speaking one language completely united in their effort to erect a tower to touch the heavens to make a name for themselves. Is this making sense? Unity. Unity. Come on, we're all going to do this. We're all going to get together and we're all going to build this temple. And they all came together. Mm -hmm. There wasn't any fighting. There wasn't, there wasn't anybody, there wasn't a group of people that said, we're going to do it this way. You guys do it this way. There wasn't a, a Democrat party and a Republican party, right? There wasn't a a certain way to build it this way in another way. Everybody was united in their effort. And how often do we see people saying, well, for the sake of unity, 
brother, don't get too confrontational. Don't get too upset. Like, look, look at everybody's together. We're all together praying in one place. Is this making sense? We're, we're all, we can be, Yahweh can look at a united group of people and totally demolish what they're trying to do because it wasn't his business in the first place. We can lose sight of what his business is for the sake of being united. Let me say it this way, for the sake of not making waves. For the sake of keeping everything going in the same direction, keeping everything cohesive, keeping everything peaceful. <laughs> this, this, uh, I mean, <sighs> so an another observation is that you can have a community completely united in their effort. Right? That sounds like a great thing on its face. If you had a politician and his slogan was like, one community together forever, right? One community united for Flagstaff. That sounds great, right? It sounds great. But if we're all united and we're all moving and we're all cohesive as one unit for the wrong thing, then what good is that? So this is what Yahweh said, because of what you're building, you're united, yes, but because of what you're building and your objectives, I'm going to confound your tongue. I'm going to mix the oil that I've put in you with water. I'm going to dilute what I put in you, and I'm going to scatter you all over the earth and change your languages so that you guys are confounded so you can't complete what you set out to build. Now, it's interesting because also in the last 72 hours, I've been researching legal stuff, right? Our constitutional rights, our civil liberties, the First Amendment, which has to do with what? Speech. Even writing letters to schools for religious liberty saying, as a Hebrew disciple, we cannot cover our mouth or our face with a covering because speech is important to Yahweh, right? Scriptures in Isaiah saying, I will not remain silent for Zion's sake. Right? How important is speech? How important is what we're building? Yahweh says we're, we're in a season of building. So what is also important to him is our language. The anointing that he put in you as a vessel. He filled you to overflowing with a pure anointing that was the original language. Right? And these people, these men that said, we're going to make a name for ourselves. We're going to build. We're going to be united in our efforts. This is what we're going to do. They screwed that up. And so when we consider where we're at and as we, as we get into language, I want us to understand from the Hebrew perspective that it, it's not just... Well, you know what? As a scholarly opinion, I think we should call him Yeshua as a, because I've studied it and I think this is the right way. That we're not even coming from that place. We're coming from a perspective. If he's bringing us back to the original, I want him to, to look at us as vessels, like purify what you originally put in me and restore it to the original state. 
I want the overflow of the oil that proceeds from my mouth to be the original state of purity of oil that you originally put in my ancestors. And when you consider that, our heritage is with Eber. Eber was a man when this was happening, Mm -hmm. and we've talked about this, when everybody was united in their efforts to build for their name, he went across the river, he went to the beyond place and said, I don't want anything to do with this, and I'm going to safeguard the oil that you've put within me. This language, the Hebrew language, is the only language that has died and been resurrected. This is the only language that has died for a number of years and has been resurrected and is used today. It's interesting that it's been, it's a resurrected language. Yahweh is resurrecting in this house language. He's resurrecting it to the original state. We're stepping in, working in a ministry of reconciliation and exchanging the diluted state that's within us for the original oil that he had in us in the beginning before everything was messed up. Now, this is important because, you know, hopefully I'm, I'm connecting these dots because I, as I'm studying this and, I, and I'm, I'm leaning into this for tonight, I'm also facing these battles about covering your mouth. And if you guys remember when the, when the coronavirus pandemic first came out as the thing that's gonna kill everybody and we're all gonna die, whatever horrible news we were all hearing, Yahweh told me corona means crown. It's a false crown. And are we gonna be, I'm not saying it's, let me interject some. I'm not saying coronavirus is fake, okay? Not like, oh, it's a hoax, it's fake, people get it. But it's being used and manipulated for a greater, it's, it's being spun up into a bigger thing than it needs to be. Okay, and so the way that Yahweh spoke to us in this house was don't submit to a false crown. Okay, when everybody says coronavirus, CDC says shut down your church, don't get together with more than 10 people. We can get together the Brewer family with the Whitinger family, and we've doubled that already. Okay? When they said it's dangerous, I had another brother in the body of Christ call me on the phone and say, these churches who refuse to shut down are causing a surge in the coronavirus at the, at the medical center. And I said, well, tell me what churches you're talking about, because as far as I know, we're the only one that hasn't shut down. So what other churches? Oh, well, I can't talk about that. Okay. (laughs) So just to understand where I'm coming from, this has been an issue, and I feel like we're, we're on the verge of breakthrough. He's bringing us to a place of language because he's asking us to build And when Yahweh's people build something, language is important. Language is attached to it. Okay, we need to understand this dynamic moving forward, how important language is and how how our heritage 
associated with language included an ancestor, the father. The reason why the Hebrew language is called Hebrew is because of a man named Eber who refused to go along with the masses and instead said, I'm going to take my family to the region beyond, Mm -hmm. across the river. I'm going to cross over, right? Hebrews are crossover people. Hebrew means crossover people. Mm Because of Eber said, I'm going to safeguard the oil in my vessel and I'm going to cross over to a different place and disassociate myself with what's being built here. Amen. That's why this is important, because I feel like there's just so many parallels. Okay, cover your mouth. Authorities say this. Don't question it. Don't speak up against what's happening. Don't speak up against what everybody is united for. You know what drives me nuts? We're in this together. Is that, is that not propaganda? Tower of, we're going to build this tower. That sounds like a slogan. We're going to build this tower. We're in this together. And then you got some guy, some guy who takes his ball and goes home and looks like he doesn't want to play. Well, that guy's obviously not about unity. Have you, I don't know if you guys have heard this. I've been accused of this over and over and I'm coming out of this place where I could just take it and stuff it down and I didn't care. And I would be like, whatever, I don't care. I don't care to be the guy that looks like the bad guy, right? There's 10 people playing the game, and I'm like, I'm not playing this game. And to them, I look like, well, what, this, this pastor's not about unity, right? Now I'm having to learn how to manage that because God's not letting me just stuff things down anymore, and I'm having to figure it out, and it's overwhelming, and I'm like not knowing what to do with myself. Okay, but... There's, there's part of this is building discernment because we're learning about these things and to understand, I want my children to understand when they go to school and they step out of line from what the majority is doing, the majority is going to look at them like, what are you doing? There's, the pressure is going to come from authorities questioning them, criticizing them, isolating them, telling them you just need to line up with what we're all doing. We're in this together, what are you doing? If we're crossover people, we gotta be willing to be the minority who's not gonna shut up and stay silent and be willing to cross over and safeguard the original intent that Yahweh has for us. And I'm not getting political on what's happening right now. There's, if it's not masking, if it's not coronavirus, if it's not one false crown, it's going to be another one. Mm-hmm. Right? So we have to be a people who are raised up in the way they should go. And the way that I should go is I'm going to cross over when the masses say, we're all in this together. Is this encouraging anybody? I feel like I'm encouraging myself because the last three days I've been just going insane because I know this, I know this, but I'm t- the last three days, it's almost like, what's the point? Let's move. Let's move to a, a, a conservative state where we're the majority. 
right? Then I don't got to be the minority and cross over and leave a legacy and I don't have to fight these stupid battles. <laughs> then I can go, we're in this together. <laughs> I probably sound salty, huh? <laughs> Okay. Better together. Oh my God, those the commercials drive me insane. <laughs> I just I just want to lay a foundation that when we talk about, it's like we can say language. We've been saying we're getting into language. We're going to talk about Hebrew, how it's important to our roots as disciples of Yeshua, followers of Him, right? As His followers. We're going to go back to this original place and why it's important. And I want to lay the foundation tonight that when we continue to talk about this and we get deeper into it, I want to take it into a different arena than maybe most of us were thinking. Yeah. We're not just going to learn some words. We're going to do that. But it's not just a superficial, yeah, I call him Yeshua because that's what you know, we learn at church and I studied it and I think it's better than calling him Jesus and getting in a debate of are you actually saved if you don't call him yet? You know, like all this crazy stuff, right? I want to take the context of this, that what he's imparting to the house is about our ancestry and our legacy of crossing over and about what's inside of us in the, in the purity of what he may ask us to build. He's giving us an ability to build because we're willing to go back to the original of language and acknowledge that what is inside of us has been diluted. We've been off track. So if we're concerned about building, if we're excited about Yahweh saying, now it's time to build, we need to be more excited about the aspect of language and going back to the original. Does that make sense? He's talking practically, but I want to take it to a level when he talks about a different battleground. Um, if language is a vessel, and I'm a vessel, and the word became flesh, then there's an aspect that language is alive. So, it doesn't matter what's coming out of my mouth. It matters what's in my heart. And so this is where we get into the mindset of language. Because while he's talking about um, everything that he just talked about, I, I can't help but just feel that the battleground, let's just, let's just, okay, politics aside. Masks, he's talking about masks, right? Masks aside. The agenda is fear. Whether you mask or don't mask, I don't care. If you're doing it out of fear or you're doing it out of life is what matters. And the issue is, is that the agenda has pushed down, pressed up against to back people up into a corner to make it seem like you should be fearful about your future if you don't submit to me. You should be fearful about the consequences if you don't submit to me. 
And the reason why he can be salty is we've been on somebody else's platform for a while. Well, this one's ours. <laughs> so if I'm allowed to talk, I'm just, you know, now me, me you being can hear salty me. is just my process. Okay. That's, I'm, I'm still, I'm still moving forward. Hey, I'm not. salty versus numb. It's amazing. <laughs> Tastes good. <laughs> but do you guys understand what I'm saying? And the reason why he's talking about building something in the original intent and what's been diluted, let's take it to a different battleground. The church has been watered down. It's been diluted. Our verbiage means nothing because we are a house divided. I say one thing, I feel another. By his stripes I'm healed, I'm scared out of my mind. And we're trying to figure out why the name it and claim it movement didn't work. It's because we didn't understand what our heritage had access to and what it was that Eber was building when he said, I'm going to safeguard this anointing. Some of the things that he safeguarded in his anointing was that he had the ability to heal his family out of the overflow of that language. That's what got robbed. Not English, while I can get into the scholar part of it, that English is seven times removed from the Hebrew language. While we can get into that, what I'm after is not about speaking Hebrew, it's about being Hebrew. It's not about what I say, but it's about what I have access to. Eber had access to heal his family. What got watered down through the building, through man's agenda, and trying to obtain heaven instead of recognizing they already had it, was that that got watered down. Everyone went scattering and said, how about this program? How about this language? How about this? And what happened? Confusion. Now all of a sudden, I don't know what healing means. I don't know if I have access to it. I don't even know if I, right? All of a sudden, just the concept of healing has become extremely confusing. We can hold a church service right now in America and it would be split down the middle whether or not people believe it's for today or whether or not it's for today. Right? And, and there's an expert for everything. There's an expert for that side that says healing is no longer for you. And there's an expert that says that healing is totally for you. So you have to be the one to be able to figure out what that original intent was and operate out of that frequency. So when we're talking about language, remember when I've said that the word is 72 layers deep, right? One verse, one phrase has 72 layers. This is why I just love the Hebraic mindset because it just blows the whole scholarly, well, I went to Bible school and this is what I was taught about this phrase and not recognizing all of the dimensions and the depth to what's involved in the word. Okay. Now it's easy if I say when you study that there's 72 layers. Okay. Yes. What happens when I say, when I say, I love you, there are 72 layers behind that statement. That's why speech is one aspect because you see the oil of I love you and it can be watered down or not and my speech was the same. 
I love you and I love you out of two different frequencies or depending on the spectrum of the 72 layers is gonna mean something completely different to the person I'm talking to, to who's saying it. This isn't new. Anyone that's been in marriage counseling, relationship counseling, any, just me, any counseling? I'm, I'm like, am I the only one that needs counseling? <laughs> I got an appointment on Tuesday at 10 o'clock. <laughs> Any type of counseling is working through the dynamics of what's being said. And this is what is so powerful about being Hebraic because when someone says something and the other person receives it, for somebody who's Hebrew, you can see the 72 layers of what went behind it, the 72 layers of what's being received and Americans or Western culture or church, it's black or white, that's what you said, relationship done, break out. And not recognizing that covenant and the purpose of community and the purpose of relationship is to weed through the life of all of the dimensions of who we are and what is behind all of that. So when we're talking about the original language, I'm not just talking about speaking Hebrew, while that has been absolutely beautiful, right? For me to learn his name has granted me access than previous. Why? Because I'm growing as a mature son and daughter. There's no condemnation to those that are in this place that say his name is Jesus. But at some point you grow and when you learn something new, you begin to embrace the fullness of what he has for us. Okay, and when you embrace the fullness of it, all of a sudden you are given access to greater dimensions of his. Let, let me put it this way. People know me as Tanya. Anyone in this room call me Nana? Do you guys have greater access to me as Nana than when I was Tanya? There's an aspect that got unlocked in that relationship. There, it's just like if you call on Yehovah uh, Rafa, Nisi, right? All of the names that he has is accessing an aspect of him. And so there is something to that language, but what I want to get after is that we need to understand as a family that our language is alive. That's why it says that there is power in the tongue. Out of the heart flows the issues of life. It's not really what you say, it's what's inside of here. And so what I wanna get at is us, we could be in a room and be completely silent and not have one aspect of speech and yet we would feel the frequency that we're operating in. And I believe we're there. Okay, you can walk into the room. I'm not gonna, maybe I will point people out. I'm gonna walk into the room and I know whether it's gonna be a good night or bad night if I look at Missy. Yeah? No? Yes. You can feel free you can feel the frequency. I can feel without Taylor saying anything. The fear that's just gripping her. And here and here's and here's what's crazy. The the um I, the reason why I'm shaking is 
the the agenda that's out there is so it it it, it almost makes you feel like you're insane because it's so like why would you not think like me and i'm over here like what i i just i feel like i don't even what ha- does that am i is that making sense i just i feel and this is what yeah this is what is so powerful about community because if i didn't have community let me let me be real for a second as real as corona is so is suicide Okay, and the fear and the gripping that is coming over people and the reality of the things that are being felt and the being backed in a corner and the smothering. When he's talking about getting into a fight and you go like this, what's the first thing that's gonna happen? I'm gonna get blown from the back. I'm gonna get, right? You're gonna pound me on the back. When he says step into, I wish you did like a live presentation. You should have Jalen come up here. But when you, when you step into it and they start doing this, thing where they lean, they embrace the- Where is Jalen? Come here. (laughs) I know we should have done family pictures. Somebody asked if we did family pictures and I was like, that would have been brilliant. We We didn't mean to do that. Sean's got a white shirt. No. So what she's talking about, right? If I go like this, he can just land punches because I'm putting myself in the perfect place as opposed to it doesn't feel like that though (laughs) right I'm not hugging him if somebody was trying to throw punches (laughs) right you're stop you're stopping it you're not running away you could stop it from running away but you're stopping it by embracing it Mm -hmm. So he's like, he's like, next time I'm going to, I, <laughs> I did finally get to a point last night. I'm like, can you guys just hug and kiss? Cause that is, they just, they just, they go in for the hug. And then it's this automatic, like, I don't know what they're doing. They're, they're just doing like the, they call swimming. it a swim thing. I don't just hug each other. No, but if think about how that's not natural. Right? It seems normal to be like, oh, okay, embrace it. But that's not what happens. It's like, I <laughs> know. Right? To the point where I'm going to say this, you're going to say this. Then what happens in Western culture, in church, it's you said this, I said this. It's done, black and white, and then relationship breaks. Hebrew people are covenant people. They're passionate people. It doesn't mean that they're like, we all just sing kumbaya and we all just agree. No. It means you are passionate. You work, you, you, you work, you release your frequency <laughs> and you embrace it until it's wrestled through. But the, but the difference is, but that's, that's not normal because it's so much easier to be like, nope and then go find your people where you're just, there's no conflict, which is fine, but then you're a one-edged diamond. You're, you're a stone with no shine. You're, you're, a, you're a one-dimensional, who wants to wear that on their crown? You're a one-dimensional, no shine. I don't, I mean, I don't want a diamond that does not have a million cuts in it. 
right? I want to be cut up. I mean, I, let me, I don't want to be. I do not want to be. But I'm not going to run away from it because I want to shine brilliantly because no matter what comes at me, I know that there is something that is alive deep within inside and he's trying to get back to that original anointing, the original oil that has been safeguarded. And so when we're talking about like, well, you know, our language scattered and, and so now we're supposed to talk Hebrew, just, just forget that. I'm talking on the spiritual side of things. What has been scattered from the original intent of what I carry that has been watered down? I want the original intent of what all that he has for us, which does not mean going back to Avraham, right? Because Iver was even before that. So he's taking us way back to the original of understanding what it is that we carry because out of that language is an anointing. What we're gonna get into, and, and for those of you that don't, don't uh, know this, we've been working for the last two years through what we call pillars standards and pillars in our lives. There's a foundational structure that allowed us to move into another dimension. And now we're in that second dimension and there's pillars that are upholding that dimension to get us into even another dimension. So what we're doing is we're working through foundationally what it is that he's having us build. The reason why he's having us build is because it all got knocked down. Because he was like, yeah, all that man stuff and all that program and all that babysitting that was going on and all that like entertainment that was happening, all the codependency that was going on and the false unauthentic relationship that was happening and nobody was growing and everybody was just one dimensional. Everybody was, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then we just would leave and be like, backstab, 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 and, be, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and then go home and be like, right? All of that, he just, So then now he's saying, now build. But we can't build the way that we've known. So one of the things that he's asking us to build in some of the pillars, now he's having us deal with language. Because he doesn't want us to be a people 10 years from now and recognize you've got the same language you did back then. You're still doing the uh-huh, uh-huh, and then backstabbing. So he's wanting us to understand language. But here's the thing. We're not after your yeses and amens. And we're not after, you know, by his stripes I'm healed and quote this scripture and make sure you do it like this and make sure you say it like, I don't even care what you say. I'm after the reality and the authenticity of out of the heart flows the issues of life. This is just the outside of my vessel. What speech is inside of me? That is something that's convicting. Where is Cutter here? Cutter. I feel bad. He was, we were camping and he was over in our campsite where I thought it was just me, myself, and my family. And I think I stubbed my toe or something and I was like, damn it. And I turned out like, <laughs> I say that publicly because out of the heart flows the issues. Out of the, what did I just say? Out of the, out of the issues are my heart. <laughs> out of my heart flows the issues of life. It's not so much about the language, but what frequency was I in? Or, or if somebody can be like, 
bless you, amen. And they're inside. And I can be vocal about something probably because he's stirring it and getting it out. So there's something about the authenticity that when you do get into community and you do get into family, there's some things that start to come out because now you have freedom to express it. And all of a sudden it stirs. Oh, that was in there. That's why we need to understand as a family, the 72 layers, because there are going to be some things that we're going to say that we're going to be like, I didn't even know that was in there. I wasn't allowed to say the SH word. I got saved and it was like no cuss words. So then all of a sudden it's like, but, but what he's, I'm trying to make this practical, but the reality is it was all in there. But what happened in religion was you better sit down. You better shut up. You better never say that again. You better, you better get on your knees. You better repent. And so I just got, yes, yes. And all inside my heart's going, my heart's just, you know, but that's the condition of my heart. That's why he says, I see beyond the outward appearance. Man is looking at the outward appearance. Yes, amen. Bless you. And Yahweh's just like, mm-hmm. Right? We think that we can, we can fake him out. Why we've got our little smiles. And he's just right there being like, it's a, just come on. So what's going to happen when you get into authentic relationship is all of a sudden that stuff's going to begin to come out because he really wants it out. He wants something that's authentic. Now look, I'm not saying that gives you permission to just dump on each other and be like, this is covenant, brother. Tyler, don't walk away, this is covenant. That's not, that is not what this is. That is not a free pass to be like, you said I could speak my mind and no. The, the, the purpose of covenant is to be able to see beyond the hurt, the pain, the joy, whatever it is. What is it that's going on? And I am committed in covenant to see beyond the outward appearance. See within your heart and look at the 72 layers. And I'm committed that whatever layer comes out, I am in it for the gold at the bottom of the deep, deep well. Even if it's 72 layers deep. Think 72 is a big number. What if I said there's going to be a layer that peels off Katie every single day? That means for 72 days, I got to look at each layer. That's just 72 days. I'm talking about for life, people. Some people won't even commit for 72 days. They get to layer 10. Oh, Katie, Katie, yeah, 72 hours. Katie's too much. Right? So we're talking about life. That's why we have to get at this pillar of language and understand that it's alive. Because in our family, it's not about just what you say, but it's about the frequency that you're operating in. And just like when we're studying the word and the 72 layers, I want us to begin to understand that what's coming out of our mouths and already what's inside of us is alive. The word became flesh. And if the word has 72 layers, I have 72 layers. And we need to begin to understand that as we communicate and there's things that are going on, uh, just like in any um, situation where I'm working with two people and I'm trying to get them to see one another, you have to understand that when he, I'm trying to give a, I feel like we just did this, a practical example. I'm trying to think of who we were with. I feel like we just talked about this, but here's a practical example. Him and I, can I tell the story about how I,
So for those of you guys that don't know, mom and dad have a really like, we're passionate. People. We're very passionate people. And we're, we're Hebrews. We've always been Hebrews. We're super passionate. And so like, like when we would get in a fight, it wasn't just like, but I said so. And he wasn't like, but honey. <laughs> it was more like, get the plaster. We have a hole in the wall. We have scriptures all over our house. <laughs> For every hole in the wall that's been dealt with, there's a scripture on the wall that is rest restorative because we had to fix the hole in the wall. Okay? That's why I know how to fix drywall. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one of the, what, one of the, are you guys, you guys have to love us, it's covenant. Um, so we're, we are uh, in a passionate fight and he says, I'm leaving. And so he's gonna go out into the garage and leave, I guess. I, I don't know. But in that moment, fear struck me. I'm not understanding this at this time. You guys have to understand. Try to put yourselves in that moment where it's just real. And I'm like, you're gonna leave me alone and I'm gonna be isolated and you're just gonna walk away from, we're in the middle of a conversation. You're just gonna walk, right? Nobody has, you guys have some of these, you're just gonna, you're just gonna leave. We're in the middle of, and he's, and he just, yeah. So he starts to walk past me and then I didn't really know what to do. So I kind of just like, I embraced. <laughs> I've been walking this stuff out since day one. I didn't go like this. I like embraced the problem. <laughs> she pressed in for sure. <laughs> she pressed right in there. <laughs> I pressed right in and up and then <laughs> She yes. Yes, she lifted me off the ground and then slammed me on the ground. <laughs> I cannot believe we go live. Okay, but here's the thing, okay? What happened to me? We were wrestling. We were, wrestling we were not wrestling. Stuff. Yes, we were wrestling yeah. through stuff. But what happened to me? He said something. That action triggered 72 layers of my history. Part of my history is the threat of when a male leaves the house, he, you will not see him again. Because when the fight happens and he leaves, the threat is the next time you see me, I will be blasted all over the floor. That's my history. So all of a sudden he says, I'm leaving. And what's behind that? Here's the thing. In that moment, pff, grounds for divorce versus what was behind all of that. What is it in him, the 72 layers that got him to say, I need to have, what was, what is it that's beyond that action versus just seeing that action or stopping at that action? That's why there can be, um, 
in covenant, that's why it's so passionate because something like that, that's, that's, a, I, that's not just like a daily thing, I would hope. <clears throat> does, does that make it sense? Like that's something that is like a, but there takes maturity to understand that action, that language, that vessel is alive and filled with something. And as a husband, my job is to clean out that vessel. It's to clean out that vessel and pour that oil to be able to, to flow in that. That's what he's saying to his bride. It is my job to clean out that vessel, to give that, uh, that pure oil back into that vessel to now where 10 years later, we are able to publicly talk about that. Back then, I mean, Jeannie's here, which by the way, Jeannie's here. She was one of the people that we would come to in the midst of our mess, and it was devastating. Absolute, we are done. What is, happening to, what is happening to us? It's over. And she's sitting here as a testimony. It ain't over. It's not over. Because why? Because when we came to them, they laughed. In that moment as a Christian, if I didn't understand that that was a lie, I would have been like, what are you, are you laughing at me? Done. So that I could go along my merry way and get my granted divorce and all, right? But instead, it was, a, it was something that was alive of you are in the best place possible. Because they knew that that vessel was filled with gunk and it was coming out. Most people get scared when it comes out, but it's a good thing when it comes out. When it comes out, they go like this. Yeah. Instead of like, wah! Amen? But there's a testimony that comes when you begin to understand that there's something that comes out of us that's alive. So at the end of all of this, the pillar of language is not so much about a Hebrew language, but it's about the mindset of language, the understanding that there are layers to our, to our language, not just our voice, but also body language. Right? We all know that there's more than language beyond speech. I can have a face, I can have a body language that says something completely different than what I'm saying. I can have, uh, I don't know if you guys have this, I, I, I do. I will leave every Friday night. I feel like this is like confession. <laughs> I will leave every Friday night and I'll be like, why did I respond like that? I don't know if it's, I, I don't know what that is. In my heart, I'll be like, I wanna like, in my heart when I go home, I'll be like, oh my God, I just wish I could have like held you and smothered you and kissed you. But instead I like left and kind of just like didn't say anything. Just because whether it's a wall or maybe I'm afraid of rejection or maybe I feel awkward or maybe I don't know if I'm able to embrace or maybe I don't, like all of that is behind all of that. And so when you're in covenant, you're, you're pressing through all of those things. And that's why it is so important that even when we're going out into the world, recognizing whether they're aware of it or not, there's 72 layers behind all of that. That honk and that flip off, their mama did something to them. Yeah? So instead of being like, what? Uh, maybe Yahweh wants you to respond like that. Or maybe he wants you to pull over and be like, you better pray. 
He's about to become a daddy and that needs to be dealt with. There's gonna be things you're gonna see, there's gonna be things that you're gonna hear, there's gonna be things that you're gonna smell, you're gonna begin to like. It, 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 it's weird, when you see two people res- talking, I, it, I, I've said this before, it, to me it looks like a, um, a detective room with the red lines and your, your this went to here and this went to here and I, it's like I can, I can see all those dynamics. We're gonna get to a place where Hebrews can see all those dynamics. And you're gonna be able to navigate and weed through all those layers in order to get the deepness to be manifest. And we're gonna practice here, but eventually you're gonna be walking around Walmart and all of a sudden you're gonna be like, and you're gonna see the dad that left and committed suicide. You're gonna see the mom that never hugged her. You're gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna see all of the history. You're gonna see the miscarriages. You're gonna see the loss. You're gonna see, and then you're gonna be able to, without saying in the name of Jesus, come to Kingdom Heirs International. <laughs> Friday night, six o'clock. Here's a card. You're gonna, you're gonna do something crazy like I'm not saying don't invite people. I'm just, I'm just saying, because you're not waiting for them to get to Friday to the altar call. I'm not saying don't invite people, but usually that was their way out. Like my pastor will do it. God, my pastor's, there's my pastor's number. Instead, Kate is going in there being like, I don't need Nana. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me what you got, right? So when you're, when you're going out there, all of a sudden you're having church on Wednesday at Walmart. And then Friday night is the overflow of excitement instead of, oh, thank God Friday's here, right? It's the excitement part because they've already encountered something that was authentic. Not, hey, I, just wait, someday, One day you'll see something that's authentic. Let me show you authentic now. Let them be hungry for that frequency and follow them to wherever you're going. Does that make sense? Does that understand when we're talking about language, what's gonna happen and why this is so powerful? Not because you're gonna have the right words to say, not because you're gonna have your, your, your scriptures memorized and not because you're gonna say the right things. That's what got us in the mess in the first place but by saying nothing. This is the reason why most of us aren't healed. I am healed, but inside, uh, I don't know, there's a doubt there. So then you don't get healed. Then you're mad because you're like, I did what my pastor said to do. I named it and I claimed it and I said it and I repeated it and I spoke in tongues for a half an hour and I'm still, I still have disease. And what Iver is bringing us to is you have the oil to heal you, your entire family, and the entire region that you walk around in. And it isn't going to be because of the, like I said, because of the amazing altar call or because of the words that come out of our mouth. It's going to be, I saw something, I saw the dynamics, and all I had to do was, uh, like I said, we're before I was talking about Katie, you're gonna go into Walmart and you're gonna do something crazy. You're gonna pay for the groceries for the person behind you. And they're gonna be like, why? And you're just gonna leave. And it's gonna change something. And it's gonna transform something because you're radical. 
You're not doing what we've always done before. It might be as simple as, you, you're, you're gorgeous. Have, have you ever done that to someone? Just walk right up to them and just be like, you're gorgeous. And, that's, and then that's it. You don't, you're, it's not this, this is how he's gonna get the glory. Because it's not gonna be by your eloquence. It's not gonna be about all that you say. It's gonna be about the frequency that you carry. And those are the things that was gonna happen. This is why the shadow healed. This is what, what, how, we talk about the shadow like it's some spiritual thing. What do you think he was operating in? A frequency. So that all of a sudden, wherever I'm walking, the energy that I'm holding, even my shadow has power. There is something that the new age has taken that is not theirs. And there is energy and there is something that we are made out of and he is the highest energy source. And when he begins to be activated on an energetic level, in a real authentic net level, not just by, by his stripes I'm healed, but when all of a sudden you're like, you, I, you, you um, hold on. when you're no longer saying something because someone told you to say it, but all of a sudden you experience the stripes on your back and you experience the... the whips for someone else or the smothering or the feeling of, I think I'm done or the onslaught and all of a sudden something from the inside begins to manifest because we have one that knew how to walk through those things and you begin to activate that that which is alive today in my ancestral bloodline and I have the ability to tap into the strength of a man There isn't anyone around me that cannot be touched and healed from all trauma, from all disease, from all anguish, from all fear, from all depression, from all anxiety. I don't know if it is just me or if you can feel that, but everything from canker sores to cancer. This is a powerful gospel that we have access to that has been watered down, that has said that we don't have access to the healing powers from canker sores to cancer, from relationships to a, to a hangnail, from the hardest of things to the easiest of things. This isn't like, oh, well, just, you know, I just, I'm, I'm not gonna have cancer. I'm talking about like being able to live a life with no hangnails. It could be anything 
that you have the ability to be able to release that energy to. And like I said, new age has taken it, but it's not theirs. And what has happened is that we have been given a gospel that is external. Do this, do this, don't, do not experience it and don't you dare express it. Don't you dare be a Hebrew where you express the experiential things from the inside. Don't be emotional, push that down, move on. And what has happened is we have said, by his stripes I'm healed while I'm holding on to trauma because I was taught, just let it, forget it. Just forget it, don't talk about it, don't look at it, just it's done. And then I'm like, why do I have respiratory issues? Why do I feel like I can't breathe? Are you guys catching what's gonna happen when we begin to understand language? Why, why can I, why do I feel like I can't breathe? And it's not because, well, because there's a devil sitting on your chest and you need to just knock him out. It's something that has been taught to you that, that is, that is, um, gripping you because you were taught to suppress it, push it down. Uh, it's not alive. It's a separate gospel. Are you guys understanding what, what that means? The, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, body, soul, and spirit, we're all separate. Your body cannot affect your soul and your soul can't affect your spirit and your emotions can't affect your heart and your heart, it's, they're two different entities. And now this isn't something that's abnormal. This is the Greek mindset that entered into the church that has taught the church to not be Hebraic in lifestyle, to not express, to not be passionate, to, to say that your mind and your heart are two separate entities. Do not be real, ruled by emotion. Don't let that come in. It, it's, we're all, it's all separate. Well, what's gonna happen with language is he's gonna say, it's all one. And one does affect the other because that's truth. You can have religion all day say it's not so that you can by willpower, it's separate, it's separate, it's separate. But science, sorry, it's not. Your heart and your mind are not separate. It, you can't, it, that's, that's a house divided. My mind's gonna say one thing while you're feeling another. That's the problem. Because we've been told just, just, just say it enough, your heart will catch up. Problem is, is it doesn't. Because we were taught that it was separate. It's not, it's one. So what's gonna happen when we, now understand what I'm saying. We're embracing some things that we didn't want to embrace before. It was easier to say, they're separate. I can do this by my willpower. I'll, I'll just, I will hold every thought captive. Right? Versus embracing what is going on. Why can't I breathe? Embracing what's going on to get it to move because it's all connected. That's just kind of a, a, a prelude. I don't know if that's the right word, but getting into this pillar of language, I believe is going to open us up to that next dimension of engagement, right? After this layer, what was the next layer? 
We're standing on the layer of honor, right? The three pillars were feasts. We're gonna honor what he honors, which is the feasts, his language, and what was the other one? Inheritance. And what's happening as we honor those things, it's going to launch us into a place of engagement where there's going to be an engaging of these things where it's gonna become experiential. But I, I believe that what Yahweh has instilled in us through this is we will not experience it if we do not understand that our language is alive. Just like I do not think that we will engage in experience if we do not honor his feasts. Just like I do not think that we will engage some things if we do not honor his heritage, our heritage. So as we begin to embrace these things, it's setting us up to have the full engagement of all of heaven access and experiential knowledge, experiential knowledge of who he is and how to walk. Amen? Does that make sense when we're talking about language and all that's going to come with that mindset? That really it's going to be, I mean, if you think about it, the beginning in Genesis, what was it that created? Do you think that you're going to cake Build now. <laughs> Yahweh didn't honor that. It's because it's not about what I say. It's about an energy that's coming from the inside that's not man's energy, not earth's energy, not the frequency of the bad mood somebody's in, not anything that's a low frequency. It's when you're tapped into engaging heaven's frequency has the ability to create. When you tap into that kind of frequency and that type of engagement, all of a sudden you're gonna be able to create and it's gonna be right then. Because it's not gonna be your desires, but his desires. And that's what this means with alive with this being alive, because we have to be careful about what we create. He gave us that creative power. So what frequency are you operating from when you're creating? And that's ultimately what we're getting at with language, is creation. And our, our inheritance of being able to co-create. It's almost like Eber crossed over because he realized as they were trying to build and attain and touch heaven, he crossed over to safeguard what was inside of him because he knew what they were trying to build high to touch he already had inside of him. So as we move forward, we're gonna to get to a place with language where when we open our mouth, we're just going to speak out of purity of what's been imparted inside of us rather than the culture that we know where you have to your speech has to be regulated from the outside. Mm. You, you have to contain, Yahweh wants what's in you, the purity of the original state to overflow out of you, to establish that creative power, whereas our, our culture regulates what people say. And so you have to put a lid on what was meant to overflow. Mm. So are we, are we, a people that understand language? Are we a people, if we really say we're a Hebrew people, we're a crossover people, are we understanding that we're a people that are about language in the original intent that has to do with language and everything that we're talking about? So I, I think tonight, you know, it's a lot to think on, to press into and to take this 
and really uh, chew on it to be ready to receive the rest of what Yahweh wants to do with language. It's going to be uh, really exciting. So, Are you guys all right? Is this one of those moments where you're like, Mom, we're just chewing. Because sometimes I look out and then I'm like, and then everyone tells me, no, I just had to chew on what you were saying. You guys okay? <laughs> Are you emotionally catch catching it? Are you guys understanding that language is deep? I don't know what this means necessarily moving forward. We're still gonna be in this pillar. As you guys have known that we've been on this second floor of building, which we're kind of interlooping all of the pillars. So we've had language, we've had feasts, and we've had heritage. We kind of tapped in tonight into heritage and then there's language and we've been kind of just weaving in and out of them. So um, just to kind of shift gears, if we're okay with, are we, are we all right with that? Uh, to talk about the other pillar, which is feasts and honoring his feasts. You guys remember all the teachings about the feasts, okay? Well, in September, we, are, uh, we will be celebrating our first fall feasts as a family. Since he said to build, right? So we've done Passach, we've done Shavuot. Everybody's, Dan did it. Every, uh, we did uh, Shavuot, and now uh, there's three feasts in the fall that are coming up. And again, just kind of a brief overview. Basically, to sum it up, uh, we are commanded to honor the feasts forever. And the feasts were not for just a group of people. It was for his children, and we are his children. And Yeshua honored these feasts. So... What is going to happen is uh, we have, we've been honoring these feasts all this year. This will be the first time that we are going to be celebrating the fall feast together as a family. And this is our first, when I say fall feast, what I mean by that is it's the prophetic feast. It's the feast that has not been fulfilled yet on this earth, okay? So what ultimately feasts are, are wedding rehearsals. Essentially, if you had a wedding, you plan a rehearsal. Why do you have a rehearsal? So that you know where to be when, when the time comes. So when we rehearse for Yom Teruah, which means trumpets, something happens when you rehearse trumpets because you know that there's a trumpet that's going to sound and instead of us being half empty with our oil, we are going to have rehearsed what it means to be in proper place when that time comes. How powerful is that? And this is what is so amazing is we have history to prove for anybody says, no, you don't know what you're talking about. They rehearsed Passock for a long time and then Passock actually happened, okay? On Passock. Interesting, the spotless lamb really happened but they had the spotless lamb for a long time so that when the spotless lamb came they weren't those that were in tune and understood what was going on they knew what was happening Shavuot was celebrated for a long time all the way from Mount Sinai to Acts celebrated every single year so that when tongues of fire came there was a group of people that said, you're drunk at 9 a.m. And they got a language. B, 
because they had rehearsed what Mount Sinai's language was, which was the commandments. It said, this is how you're going to live so that you can be separated from all of the world, not look just like them. So then when tongues of fire came, they knew what that meant. So now we as a people are going to continually celebrate Yom Terah, which is trumpets, so that when the trumpet sounds, we're going to be part of those people that have been blasting the trumpet and we're aware of what's going on instead of, what is this? Make sense? Okay, there's an aspect to the three feasts spring, summer, fall. To honor the high holy feast, there was an aspect that you had to travel. You had to go to Jerusalem. You had to move from the place you were at and you had to go to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast. Now, I'm not saying this literally, like, okay, so we're all going to Israel. But I do believe that we've been given a powerful opportunity as a remnant family to understand what it means to move from one place and go to another. So during the Feast of Trumpets, our family in New Mexico has invited us to celebrate this feast with them. Now here's what's so powerful. This is a Hebraic company, company of people this is a Hebraic family that has been operating this for over 30 years. They know how to celebrate these prophetic feasts. This is year one for me. I'm okay to say I've been in the church and I've been ignorant this whole time. I've known about Christmas. I know all about it. I know all about Easter. I know all about Halloween. I've never heard of Yom Terra. This is where we're at. And so what's happening is, is we have an opportunity to embrace the movement of going to a place and journeying as a family, to come underneath a family that has been celebrating this, to be able to learn what this looks like, to launch us into the next year as a family of what does tabernacles look like for our family? What does tabernacles look like as we begin to be, excuse me, build. When he said to build, it meant it's time to build my way, not your way. So for those that are forgetting, what building means is I'm done with Christmas, we're done with Easter, we're done with the programs, but now we're building Saku, and we're building Shavuot, and we're building Pasach. That's what it is that we're building, but we're like this. <laughs> build Pasach? I've only known Easter, right? So there's a language that he's like, this is what it is that we're doing. And so there's an aspect of, uh, I believe that we're, I'm really excited about prophetically that we get to move as a family and journey and celebrate this feast. So basically what I mean is, is September, uh, Yom Terah is September 10th through the 12th. If you guys need your papers, actually, if somebody can help me pass this out. Go bring that up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There. Sorry. Here, one at a time. <laughs> all right. All of this has been printed out. What I'm going to do right now is logistically give you the information of our fall feasts. 
How many of you celebrated Hanukkah? How many of you celebrated Pasach? How about Shavuot? It's, you have, it's intentional. There's some intentionality behind it. You don't get a family of even 70 with a billion kids and try to put on a three-day Hanukkah celebration and think we're just gonna come together and be like, it, it'll just, it'll work, right? Just like I'm sure Yeshua's not like, I'll just blow the trumpets and hopefully they'll just line up. Okay, so there's some intentionality. And this year, we get to travel as a family. And so I'm gonna basically give out the details right now. So September uh, 10th through the 12th, it's a Friday. So that means September 10th, is that one month from now? One month from now, that Friday night, we will not be here because we're all gonna be in New Mexico, okay? This is what it's gonna look like. Uh, that Friday night, this is what is so, this is what is so, so amazing. That, uh, I, I want you guys to understand when I say New Mexico family, we are starting to um, link arms with a family that Yahweh has brought into our lives through our submission in education. If I could say this prophetically, I don't know if this is right or not, but I just, I want, I want to just say this. If we could get the picture. Remember when we boldly said the gospel's not about getting people saved, but it was about a house not being divided and the two houses coming together. There is Jew and Gentile that need to come together for the fulfillment of the fall feasts. There's something that's happening, if I can say it this way, our family being Gentile, can I say that? From the church world, and then there's a family being from the house of Judah, if I could say that, that has been operating in a Hebraic lifestyle where the two houses are becoming one and both are needed. Both are necessary. There's something prophetic where Jew and Gentile becoming one new man and celebrating together that is beginning to shake something that is going to pull that prophetic feast forward. You guys know that I've said this before, that it's a nickname for no one knows the time or day. That's actually a nickname for that holiday, just like Turkey Day is for Thanksgiving. People have taken that literal in English and said, you'll never know. We do. And we have the power to pull that prophetic forward as we come together as two houses. So what this is gonna look like is this family travels all over the world and they have conferences all over the world. But they have personally said, we want an intimate feast with just these two houses together where our families become one and has invited us. And what I mean by that is I could get up here and talk about a women's conference and I could talk about all the conferences that are all over and it's $79.99 and get your ticket and we're all gonna drive down and we're gonna, and those are awesome. This is different. There's no conference cost. This is family. So I'm gonna say that right now. There's no cost to this because it's family and they want to operate out of the overflow of what's been given to them through us. Okay? That does not mean that there's not a cost to family. 
There's not a charge or a cost to this, but there will be a cost because that means you have to travel from here to New Mexico. All of this on Friday night has to go all the way to Albuquerque. There's some intentionality to that. Does, there's a cost when you want to be together. Does that, does that make sense? So I just want to throw that out there. So this is what it's going to look like. The New Mexico family has said, we want to have an intimate Shabbat dinner on Friday night. So it's not going to be a Friday night service. It is going to be a Shabbat dinner that they would like to provide for their family and the Kingdomers family Friday night at 630. So just like we come here between 6 and 630, we're going to be meeting at Albu Albuquerque at the Cajal, and they are going to be hosting a traditional Shabbat dinner going to be really good. Then on Saturday, they are going to provide lunch. Again, the schedule's on there. It's somewhat tentative, but I wanted to get you guys the information as soon as possible. Saturday, they're going to be providing lunch at the Cajal where we are all going to be gathering and eating together at lunch. We're going to have afternoon sessions where we, I don't know what's going to happen in the afternoon, but it's going to be awesome. Then we're going to break for dinner. We will be on our own for that. We're going to come back at 630 on Saturday night and actually celebrate the Yom Teruah service. And we are going to see how Hebrews celebrate. So I would plan on not leaving early either night because they're Hebrews and they're passionate. So typically their services don't end till 10. They said plan to stay even later. So that's what that's going to look like that weekend. Here's what is in this paper. Are you guys excited? Now this is going to prepare us for next year when we start talking about tabernacles. And we start building our sukkuts, right? Because I showed all the pictures. I want to build that sukkut, but here's the thing. I don't want to build and dwell without the trumpet. I don't want to build and dwell without the warning call. That warning call comes first, then atonement happens, then he dwells. And I don't want to jump the gun and say, let's just build our tabernacles. And let's dwell as a family because I want to know what it means in reverence to dwell with a king. I want to understand the trumpet sound. I want to understand atonement and I want to be sent into proper dwelling. That's what's going to be afforded to us during this feast, okay? So here's uh, the logistical side. You guys still okay? All right. The logistical side is I personally have done all the work for you. Huh? You did a lot. I don't mean I personally, I just am saying, I want to, I want to, uh, I just want you guys to see, you know how it is when you got to travel somewhere, you got to call, you got to try to find the best rate, you got to see what the deals are, what do you offer, you know, how, how are we going to accommodate everything? Well, all of that has been done for you. So in this, what we did is we blocked out a, uh, um, we have 18 rooms that we have secured at the Drury Inn, which is about three miles away from the Cajal. There's 18 rooms and they're all of the information is on this piece of paper. There are three different ways that you can book. You can either email info at kingdomairsflag.org. If you email that, that email, we will email you back a direct link. All you do is click on it. Everything is filled out for you. You say how many guests and you just book. Or you can call them, give the group number, and they'll give you the group rate. Or you can actually go online and just put in the group number and you can get the group rate. So basically what that means is, is we have a block of rooms for our family. It is listed under Kingdom Airs International. The rate is $135 a night plus tax. 
and that will be a refrigerator, microwave, two queen deluxe room. Is that right? So two queen beds, 135 a night plus tax. Here's the thing, jury in, anybody stay there? They provide a full breakfast Saturday morning from seven to 10, we can all eat together. It's a full hot breakfast, 40 plus items, made to order omelets, Belgian waffles, full hot meal. The other thing that they offer is kickback at 5.30 at night where it is a potato bar, salad, soup, and a rotating dinner menu. Friday night is like pulled pork, Saturday's chicken Alfredo, uh, soda bar, all. Anyways, my point is, is that when we break for dinner, we can all go back to the jury and we can eat together. So here's the thing. If you're looking at 135 per night plus tax, you're looking at about $300 plus gas to get there for your entire family and all of the food is included. So this is a conference, but there's no conference rate, but we do have the ability to get our family over into Albuquerque and to be together in a block of rooms and we're gonna have meals together and we're gonna be able to eat together versus saying, hey, get to New Mexico and everybody kind of just book on their own and you know, we're gonna be able to be together and we're gonna be able to have a place to eat together. Again, then on Sunday morning, there's nothing planned, so then we can have breakfast on Sunday. And then if you are married, there's a married uh, couples group that is gonna meet, that we're gonna be meeting with on Sunday morning. So kids, obviously fully welcome for all of it, part of it, whatever, you bring your, your cribs, your, if you have any questions, you guys can obviously you know talk to me, but does that make sense? So there's uh, something going on on Sunday if you're married. Um, what else was there? I think that that is it. Yeah. And if you guys have any questions, it's super easy. I've already booked my room. Click on the direct link. It's right there. Everybody books separately, so it's super easy. So you And here's the other thing. You have to book by August 28th to get the group right. If you don't book by August 28th, then it's not guaranteed that you'll have that block room or that rate. You might still be able to get in, but you won't necessarily have that rate. But here's the cool thing. You have until 24 hours prior to check-in, so September 9th, no cancellation fee. So if you wanna get in and you wanna book your room and then make your plans and all that kind of stuff, you can cancel and there's no cancellation fee if you cancel uh, as long as it's noon before the day before. So we'll have more details to come, but I wanted to make sure that I gave all that out now for us to have, you guys heard the save the date, but now beyond the save the date, you can actually start making arrangements. You can start booking. Um, if you have questions and you can split rooms, people can room with each other. There's, um, yeah, we've got a ton of information on all that. And then we will get probably a caravan going. I don't know exactly what time we'll leave on Friday, but if it's possible and we all want to caravan together to be there by check-in, I would plan on having Friday off or at least half of Friday off to be able to leave to get there by Shabbat. My goal would be that we wouldn't show up at 6.30 for Shabbat, but that we would have drinks and appetizers at Drury, get checked in, put all our stuff away, and then we would all we're, we're going to go in as a family and we're going to go out as a family. We're going to be blessed as we go in and we're going to be blessed as we go out and we're going to do this together. Amen? Anyone have any questions right off the bat? Go ahead. Oh, you'll talk to me after. I, this is what's cool. For people who are like, what? She just made the announcement. I, on Voxer, because we have this really cool communication tool where we talk all the time. I said, if you're hungry, I'm gonna give out all the information. So that's why she gets on. She's like, we booked our room. I'm like, 
Dang. <laughs> we should have had a prize. We should have had a prize. Wait, you guys booked your room? So that means three rooms are out. <laughs> I assumed that eight, you guys will have to let me know if we need more. I thought 18, when I counted everyone, even from people from Phoenix, I thought 18 rooms was enough. But if we need more, I can always call. Awesome. Well, okay. thank you, Mom. No questions? No? Okay. There's a pool, there's a gym, there's free Wi-Fi. <laughs> Amen. All right, so we're going to enter into the part of service where we're going to physically engage what was just released, okay? How many of you guys enjoyed what was just released? How many of you guys, is your head still kind of spinning? <laughs> I actually have come to love that feeling. It's like... <laughs> That's like the best feeling now. All right, so this is the part of service that we call trading floor, okay? So what we used to call tithes, offering, we now call trading floor because in this family, we've learned that everything that we do, everything we put effort to, whether it's a thought, whether it's an action, we are trading into something, which means there's an exchange happening, okay? We're powerful beings just like our Father Yahweh is. And so anything that we do, we are exchanging at all times. So anytime we have a thought, there's an exchange happening with something, okay? Every time we create, create an action, there's an exchange happening in the spirit, okay? So we call this time trading floor because right now is the opportunity to engage what we just heard and to say, if I'm confused about something, if I didn't understand something that I heard tonight, if I want more understanding, or if I realize that I'm just kind of a little complacent and I'm not really hungry yet to the degree that maybe I've heard, <laughs> um, this is our time to be able to trade into those areas. As a family, we self-reflect. Self-reflection is just examining where we are and what we're feeling about something, okay? So during this time, we get to think about what they just released, and I would actually like everybody to stand up, if you could. And as we're standing up, I want us to just take just a few minutes and think about something that really caught our attention, okay? Something that maybe we didn't quite understand, something that we heard different than we've ever heard before, something that Yahweh is kind of poking at in our spirit. And we're going to take just a few seconds to think about what that is, because that's what we're going to trade into, okay? It's going to be different for all of us. So I'm going to give us just a couple of seconds. So if you have something that he is pressing on, that's what we're going to trade into is more understanding of that thing, more hunger to examine that thing. All right. So 
our text to give number and live you can participate in this as well and so can our New Mexico family hi there I know you guys are watching our text to give number is 928-288-4547 you can also give cash or check for those of you that are in this room so as soon as you know what you want to trade into, what you want to know more about, what you want to grasp more, what you need more hunger for, you can come up to this treasure box and give. Knowing that the minute that something leaves your hand, okay, the minute that you press that button, what is happening is literally a transaction right then and there. Okay, so in this family, we understand we don't have to wait weeks or months to receive from Yahweh what he has promised us. It's literally as simple as saying, I want that and I want to understand more. And when we give, that is the second that we receive that impartation of what we have asked for. That's how good our father is. Okay, he answers immediately. And then after he answers, there's a walking out process, okay? All right, Father, we thank you for uh, this time. We thank you for uh, every word that has left mom and dad's mouth. We thank you for all that you are allowing us to engage in during this time, during um, all of tonight. We thank you that you are going to bring to our memory a remembrance of all we have learned tonight, uh, that you're going to allow phrases from tonight and words from tonight to penetrate our hearts and to walk with us throughout this week. I know we're learning about language, so I know that that language that you've uh, given us tonight, that, that thing that you've unlocked, Father, is actually going to carry with us as we go about this week. I thank you for that assistance that you've given us, and I ask that you would just bless and multiply all that has been imparted tonight in Yeshua's name. Live, we thank you for joining. We appreciate you, New Mexico family. We are so looking forward to seeing you soon. You guys have a blessed week. This will conclude our live service. Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomheirsflag.org. Thank you.